We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. That was better. I'm Neil McCrady, that Tyler Siski. This is uh, episode 65 of the big show, Thursday, March the 23rd. Sweet 16 this weekend, uh, or today and tomorrow. Elite 8 on uh, Saturday and Sunday. By the time we get back together again on Monday, college basketball will be down to its final four. How about that? How about that? Happens fast. It does happen fast. Um, but you know, I enjoy it. I like you almost feel like the whole tournament was last weekend and you almost forget about it. And then you're like, Oh shit, I'm going home tonight. And we got sweet 16. Typically these are the best games. Yeah. There's the best matchups, best games. So I'm excited. Uh, they start a little early on us tonight. They get to start at five 30. Yep. So yep. Kansas state and, uh, and, uh, Michigan state, Michigan state at five 30. Then we got Arkansas, UConn at a little after six. And then who else is tonight? Gonzaga, UCLA, and Tennessee, Tennessee UConn. U- I mean, Tennessee, T- FAU. Uh, FAU. Okay. Yep. So, uh, I mean, they're all great games. We'd love to see them. So, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's jump in here. So, we're not here all day today. Um, I know there is... Um, yeah, because I've still got to load another podcast. <laughs> load another podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, spring football has pretty much started everywhere or getting underway this week. And there is... I've obviously been talking to a bunch of schools, a bunch of coaches in the last couple of weeks. And as a coach, you get in your own mind about what the situation you're in about spring practice. And it's amazing how different, depending on your school and your situation, how different and what the emphasis is on spring practice. Have you, what is, what is your opinion? I know, I know you hate spring practice. I don't know that I hate it. I, you have to keep in mind that I get, we all have our own set of circumstances, right? Right. I'm not a person that puts a ton of stock into spring because I've talked to too many coaches like you who are like, 
hey, look, it's just spring. And I think right. it's the situations that I've personally been in as a coach. Right. But, like, you look – like, just think how different this is. Look at somebody like Hugh, okay? He's going into with all new coaches, new players, new schemes. He's having to start from ground zero, and so spring is important. It's very important. Right. But now keep in mind, my point is, is that he's going to do all of this in spring – and then they're going to do it all over again in August. Yeah, but you, but they, but they'll be able to do it faster because they've done it. It's more about, and and also the summer has changed it because now you get a little bit more. You get a lot more. Yeah, a little bit more. I mean, well, now you can throw before spring practice. That's what I'm saying. And you can throw before spring, so you've got throw before spring. Then you've got spring. You got the meetings you can do now. You know that you can so many hours a week. And then let's be real, it's summertime. There is a lot of volunteer work volunteer film there's a lot of stuff that happens look if, if you want to play if, if you're serious about playing you're serious about playing at auburn or, or wherever you're in the building a ton in the summer yeah it's you're way over your 20 and hours so, or whatever yeah, and so it's my, not 20 hours in the summer it's supposed to be eight but so my point is it's not like a, a lot of volunteer time it, it, it's not like it was even 20 years ago where you did a lot in spring football you did a lot of evaluating i think it's big now from the standpoint of like the program that I cover, they probably they did they did probably didn't need spring football to reaffirm something. But like if if they did, it's being reaffirmed that hey, we probably need to get in the portal here in May and 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 add some front seven guys. That and then you know, if you take Ole Miss, they have a whole quarterback issue they got to get they got to get figured out. And then defensively, you got a new scheme that you're having to run and learn. You need to get those reps on tape yeah. and, and those kind of things. But you know, I've been in situations where, like when I was at Arkansas State. And we're coming back with everybody. It's not about if you're if you got the same scheme, same coaches, and all that. Just on your side of the ball, you know, if a kid was a really good player for me and he was coming back next year, I mean, he's going to get his reps, but I'm not going to rep him to death, right? And I'm not I'm going to take him out of it, which I like for him to be pissed off. They're not going to get a lot of live looks because I know what they can do. They've already I had a thing I called vet mode. People are going to laugh. Coaches that are listening are going to laugh at me. So vet mode for me is if you ever played, if I could trust you enough, because I would tell my players, you they'll say, when am I going to play, coach? And I would answer it when I can trust you to feed my kids. That was always my response. When I can trust you to feed my kids, you will play. Not a, not a minute before, not a minute after. That was my saying. And so I had a thing called vet mode. Vet mode was once you reached, once I trusted you enough to roll you out there 500 times, when you reached the – we had a little ceremonial war and all shit – when you got to 500 reps, you know what? So much snaps. Snaps. Yeah. In, a, yeah, in a game. Real real, real reps. Right. When you got to 500 snaps with me, you know, I treated you a little bit different. I didn't have to, you know, I expected you to be almost a pro. You know, you you taught things. I, I let you lead things. And, and you know, if they can make a – say some funny jokes out of, out of line every once in a while, and I would let them slide. But before that 500 rep mark, it was – Fire and brimstone, you know, because, you you know, it was kind of the rite of passage. But, anyway, when you go with spring ball, I, I used it for, I mean, it's for development. You know, there's going to be guys that haven't played a lot, and when they don't play a lot in the season, they don't practice a lot. So, they're standing or they're doing scout team, and they're not really getting coached when they're doing scout team. Um, and getting individual time has gone away now. Everybody's changed practice. You know, the game has changed, and – and so they're not getting a lot of uh, individual and technique work. So it's about developing. But you want to see your new guys, like your young players, you want to try to create, which I tried to do, create pressure situations 
If I had a freshman, okay, the red shirt last year, didn't play, I'm going to stick his ass in there with the ones and see, and see what he's made of. I know he's going to fail. I would put him in positions to fail to see how they responded. Does that make sense? Like you want sure. to create those. It's abusive. Well, I mean, I mean it's, you know, it's the stuff that. If you want to be successful. So you some of those people today are like in therapy and stuff, and they're laying on the couch and they're saying. Not many of them. Well, what happened was Coach Siskiyou. I'm kidding. No, you're I mean, right. You, but you got to. You got to. We talked about this before. You 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 have to let people people grow from failure. You do. Yeah. And and so that's what it really was for. So, um, but it's starting. I think every situation is different. You, know, you like it, Alabama. Okay, Alabama's not going. I don't care if they got two new coordinators or not. They're not changing schemes. <laughs> They're running the same shit. All right. It's about getting these young players and develop. It's all about development. Right. It's all about getting better. So and and it's not about. We got to figure out who this guy make quarterback. Yeah, they have a battle, but that's it'll figure itself out there. Um, I think it's going to be Ty Simpson. But um, breaking news. But Kevin Steele's not changing terminology. He's not changing scheme. You know, it, it's going to be what it is. Now you come here with Pete. Now Pete's here. He's going to be running same scheme and same terminology there. So it, it's completely different for the kids. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, a couple interesting press conferences we had over the last couple of days since we met. Um, the first one uh, we'll talk about is uh, Jimbo's press conference with Petrino. Did you see that? Or talking about Petrino? Did you see that? I did. Uh, would you <laughs> go ahead and let me, let me get your opinion because I, I'm sure we have different opinions. Well, it, I'm I'm curious of what you. Matter of fact, I can damn near know what was going through your mind. I mean, I, I wasn't there for the whole thing, so I didn't get all of the context, and I'm not going to sit and watch a twenty-something minute. Jimbo press conference, but I've seen the clip that everyone is referencing. And his, uh, his first answer was, well, we'll kind of play that as it goes. And then he caught himself. I think he realized this is not going to sound right. And he, he's, he's going to call the offense. I expect him to call the offense. I'm good with him calling the offense. But the first answer was the true answer, which is, look, we're never going to know capital K-N-O-W, underlined, italicized, bolded. We're never going to know whether this is or isn't going to work until the first time that the shit hits the fan offensively. Okay? Jimbo wants to call plays. He's always wanted to call plays. He's told people he wants to call plays. I think plays. he always has, as he, long as I have. He lives for calling plays. And when I was at Auburn, he was our offense coordinator. He's got a big ego. Bobby Petrino, everybody does the jokes and the stuff about the bike, and he got beat up by the girl, by the girlfriend, the all the stuff. At the end of the day, he's a brilliant offensive mind. It's his offense, and he's got a big ego. So I'm always reminded of, of this conversation. I, can't, I, I won't name the names. It was a head coach interviewing an offensive coordinator for the, for an offensive court to be his offensive coordinator and the head coach is kind of defensive oriented and he said to the coach well the offensive coordinator said to the coach hey what are you going to do the first time that we go three and out and we eat 17 seconds off the game clock because it's going to happen I mean, it ain't going to happen much because if it happens much, we're all in trouble. 
but it's going to happen. We're going to run out there and run some tempo, and it's going to bomb. going to be bad, and the defense is going to have to get right back on the field. What are you going to do? Are you going to lose your cool? Because if you are, this won't work because that's going to happen. There's an upside to what we do, and there's a downside to it. And so with Petrino and Fisher, I until we see what happens in a game where Texas A&M is sputtering on offense, does Jimbo have the ability to go, hey, he's my offensive coordinator, we're going to roll, or does he step in and go, hey, I'm doing this, this is my – because if he does that, that they're going to bomb. And so I don't know. But that was a little sign in that Jimbo has not completely signed off inside his own head that, hey, I hired an offensive coordinator. I hired a good one. We're paying him a shit ton of money, and I'm going to let him do it. All right. Petrino, and I say in my generation, he is older than me, but he has been coaching as long as I've been coaching. I've been aware of him ever since I've been coaching. Um, Petrino, to me – is since I've been involved in, in football, I mean, top five offensive mind ever. Um, I'm sure there's somebody before him or somebody to come. He's just, he has adapted to every single rule change, you know, and everything that's gone on. He develops players. Um, they have an edge about them. I mean, I just really love the guys a football coach. Um, I've met him personally, but I don't, we don't know each other personally, but I have a, the utmost respect for him and the same with Jimbo. I do know Jimbo personally. Um, I do too. Great. I, I like Jimbo. Great a lot. person, mm-hmm. great football coach. Yep. Um, and whatever the circumstances behind him hiring him, I think when I watched, cause I did watch the whole interview cause I wanted to see, cause I hate in the world that we live in now in social media, Every couple of days, there'll be some comment from a coach of some sport or a player, and there's all these hot takes, and we go out, which we'll talk about one in a second. And the people that are commenting on, you know, and making this such a big deal don't watch the freaking press conference. They just take a snippet of what they see or hear or see somebody talk about, and they and they go Captain Hot Take on it. So I watched the whole thing. And so from the beginning, there were questions before that came up. That was later in the interview when that came up. That was actually, I think, the next to last question about – there was five questions about Petrino to start the, the, the interview. And it seemed to me he was trying to be coy, I guess, on trying to not – and, again, does it matter? I don't think it matters at all. But, on hey, are we going to be running Bobby's stuff or is Bobby going to be running our stuff but putting his stuff in it? I think he was trying – his attempt in that whole interview was to be coy on what they were going to be doing offensively and leaving that mystique out there to not give opponents an edge of who to prepare for early in the season. Because they got a big game early in the year now. You know, they, they got to play They got to play Miami, right? And Miami's not going to get worse. They're getting better. And so, um, for me, that was what it was like. And then, like you said, I think he caught himself at the end, trying not to make it a bigger deal than it was, um, and said that. But, dude, I – I didn't have a problem with what he said. Um, I just think he was trying to be coy with, with, with about it. But I told everybody when it happened, and I'm and I'll tell you again. And when there's plenty of time on this show to talk about this, Texas A&M is going to be a problem next year. Now, what's well, what I think too? 
And and it's what I think too. I, or I can just keep saying it, and then it's bound to happen. There's too much talent. One of these days, it's bound to happen. But I really believe that they're going to be a problem next year. I do too. You and I are both super high on them. In the same way, season. now, but in the same way though, that everybody was killing LSU coming in the season, and we were saying, hey, LSU is going to be a problem this past year because they got a coach, they got a guy that knows what the hell he's doing. Well, you just did. They just did, basically did what LSU did last year with Brian Kelly with the offense. You just got one of the most elite minds on the planet in offense, and you and you made him the coordinator. And he's got talent. Damn. I'm just saying. I'll be wrong if I'm wrong. I'm wrong, and everybody can go gig him and howdy to me and all that stuff. Sure. And that's fine because I love I love Jim. I got a lot of friends there. Um, but I'm just telling you, I think they're going to be a problem for people this year. Uh, as much as I'd love to make fun of you and say, "Oh, you're wrong, wrong, wrong," I think the same thing. Oh, they're grind. Somebody's going to make fun of me. There, there's going to be there's yeah. plenty out there to make fun of me. I promise. If you're out there, I'm sure you're there. You'll make fun of me. Um, but I do. I think they're going to be a problem for people. All I th- right. I think there are a handful of programs in the SEC that are being overhyped, and a handful that are being under undervalued right now. And I'd put Texas A&M in the undervalued. But I get it. Look, they were bad last year. They underachieved last year. They failed last year. And Jimbo felt pressure. And he hired Petrino, which I thought was a good move, but now he's got to resist the urge to. <laughs> Reb Grizz said Ross Bjork told me to say that. <laughs> Ross is a good friend of mine. I love Ross. Ross is always he's he's in the in the Siski family hall of fame. Ross Bjork. Is. I know he is. He should be. He gets a. He is one of my favorite people on the planet. Him and Michael Thompson, love to death. <laughs> And, and if that, you know, you know. And that, yeah, because <laughs> I can guarantee my mom, my wife knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the Saban press. We had to go this one next. All right, I've heard. <laughs> All right, so the Saban press conference comes out. All right, Tony Mitchell, highly recruited DB last year, signed was the early enrollee, goes home for spring break. Nick comes out, and in his opening deal, he'll always, he does the same thing. He opens up, and he tries to address – I don't know if you notice this. He tries to address all issues he thinks coming. So when Josh Maxim goes in there and says, hey, we need to talk about this, 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 he'll do that in his opening statement and try to knock out everything. So if you ask him about him, he'll say, I've already addressed it, whatever, right? Like press conference 101, he's really good. So he addresses it, and he says in his statement – for those that don't know, Tony Mitchell was arrested for pos- oh, yeah. possession of, an, of, of a large amount of marijuana. And Just a little bit under eight ounces. And evading, evading uh, police. Driving 141 miles an hour, evading police. Who among us? Okay. Who, Would, among, who, who among? Really? That's not it. Also had a firearm in the car that wasn't his, but had a firearm in the car, along with $7,000 in cash. Again. Who among us? Right. And so. I, I, I mean, you've how, how many of those things have you never done? I, I, I mean, <laughs> me personally, yes. zero. Well, the, you've done all. Of I've had things. the firearm in the car. You've had a firearm. I've never had seven thousand dollars cash in my car. I've seen you. I've seen you Ever. distributing marijuana. I've watched <laughs> you do it. And, and I've seen you go one hundred and forty one miles an hour evading police in this neighborhood. Across right those here. Speed bumps. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was like <laughs> Bo and Luke Duke. You just—that's my favorite show. You kid. took you, you caught air. 
Uh, if you will. Okay. Just so in case she's listening, mom, he's joking. This is a complete joke. All right. Um, so in his statement, he says there's no such place as being in the wrong place, wrong time. Like he's he's breezing through it, he's saying things, right? There was no shot intended towards NATO's. Well, there was one hell of a coincidence. I concur. I, I'm with you. But look, the guy is so regimented. I, I wish people would actually listen to this. The guy eats the same thing for breakfast every morning. Two oatmeal cream pies, a cup of coffee, and then he'll throw his red man in when he gets done. Then guess what he's going to have for lunch? He's going to have a turkey chef salad. That's what he had for lunch today was a turkey chef salad. That's what he had. Now, he'll mix it up for dinner. He's going to go home. If they're, today's probably pro day. If they're, I think it is a pro day today, but whatever. He's going to go home tonight, and you know what he's going to do? He's going to watch 10 recruits tonight before he goes to sleep. He's going to go to bed about 9 o'clock. He's going to wake up at about 5.30. He's going to drink a cup of coffee with Miss Terry. He's going to watch the Weather Channel. And he's going to get in his car, and he is going to arrive at the football complex somewhere between 7.25 and 7.27. Every day. Okay? He does not have social media. He does not watch the news. He does not watch SportsCenter. He doesn't watch anything. Any updates that he gives, he'll watch ball games now. He will watch, like, ball. he'll go home. He'll probably watch some some of the basketball games. Tonight. He enjoys that kind of stuff. But he's not watching SportsCenter or the news. He has no idea what's going on. Does he know what's going on at Alabama? Sure. So you believe that the day, it was 2016 is election day, Trump-Hillary Clinton day. Yep. You believe him when he says he did not know it was election day? He probably voted early. If it's in the middle of the season, could I believe him? Yeah, absolutely. I know that sounds crazy, but yeah. I mean, this guy's a machine, man. Like, that's how crazy it is, right? I'm, I'm not even joking. I mean, he is so locked in. Like, I remember when, when we would get a commitment or something or sign, he would go, hey, is he, uh, what's he, is he ranked? How many stars does that guy? Like, we would go through on signing day. He had no idea. He's the only coach I've ever worked with that didn't know because I've worked with some that knew exactly how many stars they had. Oh, right? I, know, I know you have. Okay. <laughs> and so, I mean, like, the, the guy's legit I've, I've locked covered, in now. I've covered coaches who called about recruiting rankings. I mean, he has the ability, unlike any other, to hyper-focus in on what he's doing, and he's so good at it. I mean, that's why he's the best. Nobody else can do it. If everybody else could do it, you'd probably be very successful. But anyway, long story short is – I think obviously I think he's aware of the Brandon Miller situation. I don't think he was aware that Nate Oates said those things. He didn't watch the Nate Oates press conference about it. You know, he doesn't know that Nate Oates said that. You know, I don't think that was intended. What he was trying to do was to deliver a message like, hey, I mean, basically saying, hey, if you drive 100, I mean, that wasn't an accident that you drove 100, you were behind the wheel driving 141 miles an hour and had. Uh, eight ounces of weed with seven thousand dollars cash. Less than eight ounces. Less than eight ounces of weed, Again. allegedly. Again, just and then a seven thousand dollars in cash and a gun in your car. That wasn't being. He was trying to say that wasn't being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he's trying to deliver a message to his kids because his kids will watch it. And I just, I don't think it was a shot at all. I mean, not even in the vicinity of a shot. I he, think he's he just he called Nate Oates that, like it is. He called Nate Oates that night, which, because, which does support what you're saying. Because probably because Josh Maxim, the, the SID. Which, when Jeff Puritan, who's now the AD at Arkansas State, right, when he would do something or say something like that, he would go like, "Hey, um, hey, just to give you, this is." He goes, well, "They would kind of inform him, hey, something you said, and it doesn't happen often, but it happens because he's so into what he's into what he's doing." I mean, I've been through it with him. I remember him coming in and going. Uh, he got asked a question about being a press conference. 
And he comes straight to my office and goes, why in the hell are they asking, asking me about you? What the hell did you do? I mean, just, I mean, he is, he's locked in. I mean, he doesn't. That was the binoculars? It was something else, actually. I don't remember what it was about, but it okay. was something else. But anyway, he. Uh, People in the thread are not buying your explanation. I am, for the record. I, I, which explanation? I, I well, they're it. saying that they, they, they don't, they think he's too updated on things to have. For that to have been an accident, I, I, I don't. I, Guys, I'm being. De- I, I can't. I mean, I'm just telling. You can believe me or you cannot believe me. I'm trying to tell you, he is the most locked in human being that's ever walked the planet. Like, it's different. I mean, it's different. Yeah. I mean, it's I, different. I, I completely agree. I, I see it. I know what you're saying. I mean, I mean, I, and I get why they think this because again, we're. If you didn't listen to the pre-show. Not everybody thinks the same way, right? No. We were having the Spencer Sanders conversation, and I don't want to go here on this show because it's it's it, I'm it's March the twenty third, and I'm already tired of it, and I can't even imagine if this goes into August, I'm I'm gonna, I'll be glad I don't have hair because I would have pulled it out. But oh, it's going to August. I don't think so. I don't. Unless somebody leaves. Right. Exactly. <laughs> My, my point was is that conventionally you look at it and go, okay, well, he brought Spencer Sanders in. He brought Spencer Sanders in to be his quarterback. That's conventional thinking. And you're like, yep, but Lane's not a conventional thinker, and that's not a knock on Lane. It, people think differently. People approach things differently. Lane's the complete opposite in many ways of what you just described with Nick Saban. I'm not saying one's right or wrong, one's better. Than the other. I'm, that's for you guys. You do that. I don't care. But Lane doesn't think like that. No. And here's the thing, and Jacoby's one says, he says, he has people that update him on things. I'm sure he knew what Nate Oates said. I was one of those people, okay? I did the update. I was Mr. Update because I always had to go, <laughs> I always had to go deal the bad news, right? That was my, you know, because he has a saying and then, uh, if if my man uh, Clay Karcher is listening, which he doesn't listen half the time, but if he's listening, he's heard me say this because I stole this from Nick. Nick would say, I can handle good news. I can handle bad news. I don't do well with surprises. And so, I mean, there were times that I was like, I mean, I'm dreading going in there, boss. I'm just like, man, I'm just getting, I mean, golly. And I go in there and it'd be like bad news. He'd be like, what else, what's that, what else is going on? Give me an example. Player got arrested. <laughs> have ever told, have ever told you the story the first time I really got my ass ripped? No. <laughs> or if you have, I don't recall. <laughs> so Nick, um, first, so when I get there, Kevin Steele is there as well, right? And so I did a lot of the organizational stuff, and Kevin Steele was the guy that kind of talked to, that handled Nick. Okay. Well, then Kevin goes on the field. Well, it's just me, and they didn't hire anybody else, and so I had to do it at all at, at that point, and so. It was really my first, what was that, six months was learning how to deal with Nick and how to handle Nick. Not deal with him, but handle him and weird things you got to do to how to communicate and make sure that you're doing your job where he can do his job. And so the very first week that I'm OYO is the week after kick six, okay? Not a good week to be in the building. Bad week. So... Um, that Friday comes and we're supposed to be playing the SEC championship, but we're not. Um, and we have coaches. Uh, we had official visits coming in that weekend. And he comes to me and he's like, hey, he comes to my office. He's like, hey, 
Um, are there any guys that uh, – any games going on that we need to have coaches at tonight? Because we only had like three kids coming in that weekend. I was like, yes, sir, there's, there's uh, some games in Atlanta with this underclassmen we need to – because they were still in the playoffs. We need to go see him. He goes, all right, well, uh, won't you send those guys out? I was like, okay. Goes off for about 15 minutes. I get all everything arranged. He goes, comes back in about 15 minutes later, and he's like, hey. He's like, uh, do you want to have a recruiting meeting today? And I said, yes, sir, that'd be good so we can get everything organized. He said, all right, well, let's, let's get it scheduled for 3 o'clock and get those guys off the road. So I, in the meantime, I've gone to my, my uh, the lady that does her planes and stuff, and I said, hey, I need to get a plane to go to Atlanta after this 3 o'clock meeting. So about 4 o'clock, I need to get a plane going to Atlanta um, for recruiting. She says, no problem. About 10 minutes go by, she calls me back. And she says, hey, Tyler, the school plane is leaving, going to Atlanta with Bill Battle because they had to go do the SEC championship game, uh, AD stuff, you know. Do you, want, uh, do you want to put them on that plane or do you want to get another plane? And so, hey, this is my first big money decision, right, by myself. I got nobody else to bounce it off of. So I'm Ooh. like, I'm not screwing this up. I would have gotten the second plane. Okay. So I go down. It's just me and Nick are the only ones there and uh, Joe Panunzio. So I go down to his office. I knock on his door. These guys reading glasses on, reading something. He says, hey, come on in, Bo. Real nice. I go in there, and he says, uh, and at that time, I, you would have to type what the decisions and the, the, the decisions and solutions were on a piece of paper, and while you're talking to him, explain it to you, he would kind of read it so he could hit it both ways. It's just how it works. He says, uh, I said, Coach, you want to have a recruiting meeting at 3 o'clock? You want coaches to go to Atlanta recruiting? I said, the school plane is also leaving at 3 o'clock. I said, do you want me to put them on a school plane at 3 o'clock, or do you want me to get another plane? He's like, hey, did I not tell you that I wanted to have a recruiting meeting at 3 o'clock? Yeah. And I said. That was my first thought. So I said, no problem, Coach. I just don't. I mean, this is my first. You know, this is a $30,000 decision. I said, hey, Coach, no problem. We'll get another plane. You know what? He goes, hey, man. I mean, I know this is a university in Alabama and everything, but you know how much another plane costs? And so in my infinite wisdom on the snap, that's probably why he liked me because I would just tell him, if you can't tell. I said, well, Coach, we just won't go recruiting. And he didn't like that. He says, he starts progressively getting louder. He goes, did I not tell you that I wanted to send coaches to games? So I put him on a plane at 3 o'clock. And he goes, did I not tell you that I want to have a recruiting meeting at 3 o'clock? I said, so I'll get another plane. Did I not just tell you how much another plane costs? I said, so we won't go recruiting. <laughs> and he's just, did I not tell you? And so I may or might not smart off. And I said, fine, I'll make the effing decision. See, I didn't say it like that. I did. I said, fine, I'll make the effing decision. And I'm like, that probably wasn't the smartest thing I've ever said. I just was getting yelled at and didn't respond well. So I turn around and start walking out and he's at his desk and he gets up and I hear him going, I hear the feet coming. I'm like, this guy's going to swing on me. Like he was that mad. I thought he was that mad that he was going to swing on me. And he comes up to me, he catches me and he puts like, puts his arm on my back, like real hard. And I turn around and look like, I think the guy's going to swing on me. He goes, Hey Bo, he goes, you're doing a hell of a job. He goes, Winked at me and said, get out of the plane. And that was it. And like, so I would, I would have won from the very get-go because I would have said, nope, we're, he wants a meeting at 3 o'clock. I need another plane. We'll leave it for. 
Well, I get that now, but that was my first freaking week, man. Yeah, I, well, see, I, I would have already known that just from dealing with the, the – I didn't know that. I didn't. I really didn't know it. No, I, I would have immediately said, nope, he wants a meeting at 3 o'clock. We're having a meeting at 3 o'clock. He wants the coaches in Atlanta. We're going to leave at 4. Get me the other plane. Yeah. And, 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 and get me another plane while that plane's waiting. But it was just – and that's just how he – you know, he was testing me. You know, that would come to find out, you know, like down the road after that. I mean, he just tested me to see how I was going. You know, he was literally testing me. That's all he was doing. I mean, he thought it was – I think he thought it was funny, you know. But he was testing me. And then the uh, the best part of the whole story was two days later, we got, we got official visits in, you know, we're at his house. And, uh, you know, he has this thing where he sends the kids down to the lake. And they, uh, they'll, they you know, go sit – when you're at his house, they ride the ATVs down there or whatever and come back. And he comes and uh, he goes, hey, Bo. He always called me Bo. He goes, hey, Bo. He goes, you got a second? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> freaking head coach. Yeah, I got a second. He's like, uh, who who are we gonna um, who's gonna ride with me back to the facility? Because we, we whoever the best recruit was would ride back with him to the facility so he could talk to him, and spend some extra time. I remember it was Cam Robinson, and uh, he was there. And I said, Cam, coach, would be good to get him locked up and all that. And uh, he goes, yeah, I agree. He goes, hey, uh, I got an appointment scheduled for you for eight thirty tomorrow morning. <laughs> to talk with a guy about your anger management problems. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, coach, I said, coach, all due respect. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. But he thought, you know, he's like, he was trying to help me. You know, that was what the best part about it was. He was, trying, he was trying to help me with my anger management. <laughs> so, but look, I, I, I mean, I'll go on. I'm going to defend that guy always. I love him um, for what he's done for me in my career. I just, I, I, I love the guy, so I'm always going to defend him. But Grind wants to know. I could hear the Saban stories forever. Grind wants to know: Did he ever get pissed at assistants over recruiting misses? We missed twice in the in the entire time I was there. Twice. That's incredible. We we did not get two players that you really that wanted. we really actually wanted the entire time I was there. Now we had guys that we may have offered and things like that. Sure, sure, for sure. whatever reason, we only missed on two. I can tell you the two. Yeah, um, fascinating. Two was uh, the one was Carryon Johnson, okay. The running back that both of them went to Auburn actually. Um, the running back that went to Auburn and uh, Tyler Carr was an offensive lineman out of Southside High School that also went to Auburn. didn't Didn't really pan out. Didn't play a lot. But those are the two that we really wanted that we did not get. Both of them we lost to Auburn. Those were the only two the whole time I was there. How would he handle those losses? Um, he did not care. It didn't because he he's back then he's gonna get his twenty five. Right. Um, right. He, he just replaced Carryon Johnson with somebody that he viewed as. I don't even remember who we took that. I don't even remember who we took that year, but that may, that may have been Damian Harris year. I don't know. We we always had guys on the board. He he never really um, just like water off a duck's back. He didn't even didn't even never addressed and it never was an assistance fall or anything like that. It was just because he's dude. He's the best. He he works in recruiting. He works in relationships, and if he can't get it done, then he it kind of puts it on him more than it does than anybody else all right um that's enough of that that was funny i swore i'd never tell that story i didn't tell all of it but i told most of it um that's good stuff hey speaking of good stuff uh rain is good stuff it's brought to you we're brought to you by rain total body fuel 300 milligrams of natural caffeine bcaa's electrolytes uh zero sugar it's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals check them out on instagram at rain body fuel to learn more speaking of more good stuff Looking for a place to watch the NCAA tournament this weekend. You got games tonight, Friday. Uh, you'll have a game Saturday, a game Sunday. Go um, 
Walk on Sports Bistro, especially if you're in Oxford, if you're in the Jackson area, go to Ridgeland and um, enjoy walk-ons. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. You can order online at walkons.com, or you can use their convenient uh, walk-ons app, which comes with rewards. So visit them today in Oxford or Ridgeland. Um, all right. So this 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 came out uh, really in. I want to give. I don't get to do this very often, but I, I have a. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have a small bit of hope here. Call me crazy. And you can. A lot of people will. I'm listening. Charlie Baker is the new head of the NCAA. Yes. He started in December, middle, middle of December in 2022. Since he's been on the job, I have seen a ton of positive steps towards fixing things. Now, he's only been there three months. But there was an article written or a tweet out there. I saw, I guess it was yesterday, maybe I saw it, or today, I don't remember what day it was, about the, they come out with clear guidelines, and that's probably the most accurate description is clear guidelines on the uh, four-year waiver process. And what this is, is if if you've already transferred one time, what happens in the waiver process? Because we've said forever, all they do is they'll file a waiver. You know, and in the past, I would have 100% agreed with you, right? Because mm-hmm. all you had to do was lawyer up, file a waiver, and you could go get eligible and transfer again. But they have gotten very um, sticky on this. So here are the here is effective for the 2023 and 2024 championship eligibility. So basically, that's starting in the fall sports this next coming up, right? Okay. An undergraduate transfer waiver will only, and they bolded only, be considered 
for student athletes who transfer for these three reasons. One, for reasons related to the student athlete's physical or mental health and well-being. Two, due to extinguished circumstances outside the student athlete's control. Example, physical or sexual assault or discrimination based on a protected class. Okay. Or three, assertions involve diagnosed education impacting disabilities. All right. So when they first came out in the old crew and said, for reasons related to students, athletes, physical or mental health, you and I both went, hey, there's a way out right yeah, there. Yeah, of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you can say, hey, this me not playing or the coach is too hard on me or I'm too far from home. Too far from home. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. Yes. I'm suicidal. Yes. You, there are 10 gazillion things you could make up, right? Sure. And people who don't dig into this, I went down this uh, rabbit hole yesterday, last night. People are going to read this and they're going to think that. But I went down and I went back and they have the link and you go and you click and they have a ton of bylaws. The one thing that's very interesting is before you will ever be considered for mental health, you have to have doctors um, while you're there. So you can't go, okay, I want to transfer. Let me go to the doctor. What's the word they used? They used, uh, it's going to drive me crazy now. Um, But they had, basically the doc, you have to be in mental health evaluation while you're at the school. Yeah. So it has to be an ongoing problem. Not that, hey, hey, I got sad. I need to go. Yeah, I need to transfer. Um, I want to get in the portal. Hey, let me go to the to the mental health doctor and tell them. No, it has to be documented through the process. Okay, or they're not going to consider you That's for good. transfer. For the first time, and I'm going to go. Can I get a close up on the? On, can we change change pictures? For the first time that I can remember, the NCAA has actually written bylaws that make sense. Hey, congratulations! I'm all for Charlie Baker. The new, the new head of the NCAA, hey, dude, you have started out. You're a 10 for 10 right now. Now we just got this NIL thing to deal with. But from the this guideline, the way he has they have put the, the verbiage in there, they damn near are going to make it impossible for you to transfer four years, like after you've already used your one initial. You're not going to be able to transfer twice, which is going to be a major problem. Okay, I'm good. You can go back to our good look now. I just wanted to congratulate Charlie. I'm excited. I can tell. I mean, I'm like, holy shit. Like, we're on something here. All right. Now, it says this very specifically. These following reasons as an undergraduate transfer will be denied. Lack or change of participation. No participation opportunity, reduction of playing time, or change in position or role in the team. Change to an athletic scholarship, which was a big one. Or a coaching change. And this is where we're going to get old men yelling at cloud because this is where all the masses are pissed off. You can read every freaking comment under this article. Every one of them is like, well, coaches can change. I mean, if a coach can, can leave, why can't the players leave? I mean, I don't understand. I don't know why. If, 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 if the coach can pick up and leave, why can't the players? It's only fair. All right. I want somebody. Nobody wants to ask this follow-up question. So I'm going to ask it to you. Hey, what happens Hey, if, uh, if Snicker leaves the Braves tomorrow? If he leaves and takes the job with the Cubs tomorrow, does Ronald Acuna get to pick up and go become a free agent and go to the Cubs? In this specific instance, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just because, hey. Can we, can we not stop at Acuna? Keep, keep going. Because, I mean, I like David Ross. <laughs> and I think he's done a good job. But 
I mean, if you add much more past Acuna, I'm in on this. But if Bill Belichick leaves and re- leaves and wants to go to Vegas and collect a check, does Mac Jones get to leave? No. No, he's under contract. You're under contract. Can we go back to the Acuna thing? Because I kind of like that. I mean, <laughs> you want to, you want to, there's no other sport in the planet. No other sport on the planet does a coach leave and you get to become a free agent. I'm pulling up the Braves roster. Let's see who else I would want. You already got Dansby, so congratulations. You would want Austin Riley. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, I'd like Acuna. That'd be good. We'll start there. Uh, Sean Murphy. Yeah. I, I'd like that. Riley. I'm going to let you guys keep Marcelo Zuna. Uh, <laughs> you don't want them problems? <laughs> I, 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 I like Ozzy Albies. He's a dude. Uh, Michael Harris, the second. He's good, a dude. Good player. Um, seeing who else. I'm just making sure that I'm good. Um, yeah, we'll, just go, we'll go there. We'll, we'll stop there. But you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's so upset about, well, the coaches can leave anytime they want They want to leave. Why can't the players? Well, no other sport in America does that happen because you can't just become a free agent because your coach leaves. And, you know, I just it, – it it's so ridiculous. If you want to be a free agent, you graduate. That's the other thing they say is if you want to transfer again, uh, you graduate. If you're a graduate, you can transfer as many times as you want to. That's fair. Kyle Wright. Kyle yeah, Wright. He's, he's done good. Um. Grind says it's college. Grind, I knew you were going to be the one complaining about this. I'm just kidding. He said it's college, not pro sports. Put the kids on payroll if they can have unlimited transfers. Well, hell, they're they're on payroll now. I mean, it's that's where we're at. And and I just I I hate you can't you can't have any continuity in roster development or anything like that. And we've lost the whole concept of everything when it comes to this transfer deal. And here's my whole thing. And I, I'm. I, I am old man yelling at cloud a lot of times, but I also try, I, I, I'm an adapt guy. I will adapt to whatever it is, but here, here's the one thing that, that I wish that they would have thought through a little bit. The four-year transfer, being able to transfer one time and being able to play immediately, whether I get, I understand a lot of things. Need, I understand there needs to be extenuating circumstances, but we've lost the ability for no, – nobody pushes through adversity anymore. They look for the first time they, things don't go their way. I mean, they can get in an argument with a coach. I'm going, to, I'm going to the portal. I don't like the way I'm, I'm not playing enough. I'm going to the portal. Instead of learning how to deal with those things. And I just think that that's, uh, that's bad for the sport. But at least they're, they're putting their foot down with a double transfer because, you know, they needed to with saying that the schools are on the hook now for them if you take them. So you can't, couldn't have it both ways. So it's a good rule. They're going to have to follow through with it. And if they don't, they're in trouble. So – um, let's skip over for time's sake. Let's skip over this, uh, Jack Swarbrick, Ross Dellinger. We may cover it Monday if we have time. Ross Dellinger, uh, had an interview with Notre Dame AD Jack Swarbrick. That was really good. So I encourage, I love Ross. He's one of my favorite reporters out there. Yeah, he's terrific. Um, I'm friends with him too, but I actually like him. I like his work, uh, besides being a cool dude. Um, his article with Jack Swarbrick, uh, with, Regulating NIL is uh, very diff- uh, very good. Um, so I encourage everybody just to look up uh, Ross Dellinger on uh, social media. And if you don't follow him, you should follow him. He is as good as they come uh, when it comes to uh, dealing with NCAA stuff. Um, all right. My guy, my guy Michael, that br- he kind of brought it up earlier and it had me cracking up, and I actually had it written down. 
This is right up your alley. All right, we'll see how hot you get on this one. All right. Because so far, I'm pretty laid back today. You're pretty good today. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Little League Baseball. Okay. And the expectations of parents. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, – so for people that don't know, I kind of reset my clock here a little bit. You know, I got a, I got a 16-year-old now. I have a 15-year-old now. And I'm rolling – and I reset the clock. Now I have a 7-year-old. So I'm getting to go through this again from the jump. Okay. Thought I was done with it. I'm not. Started right back up. So I got to go. I've been going a little bit. So my seven-year-old is playing uh, with a team here in Oxford. The single-handedly, I love them to death. They're great kids, but maybe the worst baseball team ever assembled, the Oxford Orioles. So okay. if you're playing the Oxford Orioles, go ahead and chalk up a dub. <laughs> We're not very good right now. But it's seven-year-olds, you know. Good uniforms, though? Oh, sweet. Uniforms. They're wearing the Oriole hat? Oh, yeah. With the cartoon oh, bird? Oh, yeah. The best hat in, in in sweet uniforms. Have I told you that I'm a Cubs fan? I'm a Cubs fan. But I'm kind of in on the Orioles right now a little bit. They're, okay. they're fun. They have some they're good young and fun. Young players, college guys yeah. that I've heard of. And I'm going to adopt the Orioles as my second team this year and see if I can build a little, a little fandom. Okay. I'm down with that. I love Camden Yards. Great park. You ever been? Never. Great park. Uh, I was a big Cal Ripken Jr. fan guy. I was too. I was too. As, and as a kid, Al Bumbry was one of my favorite players, the the Orioles center yep. fielder. I liked the when I was like uh, in my single digit years, the Orioles were very good. Uh, I was Doug DeSensei and Bobby Gritch, Eddie Murray, Eddie Murray, and Rick Dempsey and um, Jim Palmer. And yeah, that was right before Ken Singleton. That era was literally right before I got. I remember being brokenhearted in 1979 when the Orioles lost to the Willie Stargell and the Pirates in Game 7 of the World Series. I was too. Scott McGregor started that game. I don't remember I that. I watched it. I don't remember that one. <laughs> but anyway, so they do a great job, uh, Drew and those guys that, that coach them up, and I know <laughs> they get frustrated too. I'm talking about it's like, you know, runner on first, ground ball hit right in front of the bag at second base, and we'll still try to throw the guy out at first base instead of just stepping on the back. So they're learning, you know, they're all that. But anyway. Dude, I have learned. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. A couple more years, with I may be buying some land and building some baseball park, man. I mean, it's a racket. All right. Oh, ain't no I doubt. I mean, it's a racket. Ain't no doubt. Because I play, I paid. Dude, I paid. All right. I was trying to figure this out. I think it's going to work out to about a thousand dollars a team for gate. And if you'd go gate and concessions, you're easy in for a thousand at this age. Easy in for a thousand dollars a team, because mm -hmm. me personally, okay, me personally, gate was fifteen bucks, cuz fifteen bucks a person ahead. And I just rolled in there three deep. Thank goodness Jackson had something to do. I'd, <laughs> I've been in there. I've been in there sixty bucks. All right, so anyway, fifteen dollars to get in, yeah, per person, per person. It's a racket. Now it's a two day deal, right? We went in Friday, Saturday. It's still, a two day it's deal. Still a racket. All right, total racket. Total racket. And dude, there. There are at least, I mean, you got, I mean, you're rolling every kid. I mean, you got 14, 13 kids on a team and you're rolling four, you know, they're seven years old now. You're rolling mamas, daddies, granddaddies, mm -hmm. sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody's coming in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
And you start thinking about it. They got a seven-year-old tournament, an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 11, oh, 12, yeah. 13, 14. Around, just, I mean, because oh, they are bringing it. It's the it's a business. I'm talking about they're bringing in like 50 grand a weekend gate. Have to be. That's why they have all these tournaments oh, all over the place. I'm fixing to start one up here in Oxford. We're fixing to buy some land somewhere. All right. But anyway, long story short is I'm very chill now. Okay. Um. I, I'm sure at one time with my early ones, I was probably, you know, that that dad. I, well, I, I never was because I was never around. It is amazing. Our team, great. We don't have any. I mean, I've been very fortunate. It's almost like a prerequisite for my kids to play on the team is that it's, it's chill. But, dude, there are some people out there pimping their seven-year-olds like they got Shohei Otani, the next Shohei. I mean, like, guys, let's chill out here. Like, do you know how many people, do you know how hard it is to become a Major League Baseball player? Oh, it's almost impossible. I mean, it's almost. It's almost impossible. Impossible. Right. Like, you know, Ole Miss, you know, here in town, really good baseball team last year, right? They won the national championship. They won the national championship, mm-hmm. allegedly. Yep. <laughs> no, they actually did. They did. All right. Good players everywhere. Sure. And have had great players for ever since I've been involved since 2012, right? It's been a very good program for 20-plus years, yes. How many of them dudes in the last 10 years have gone and, like, had a great major league careers? Careers, And those are the best of the best. I mean, I think you could say Drew Pomeranz did. Yeah. Uh, Lance Lynn. Yep. Certainly. Chris Coughlin. Yep. I'm going probably past 10 years, but whatever. Uh I'm sure I'm thinking, forgetting. Uh, Greg Kessinger's on his way to doing it. Yeah. Uh, but those guys were elite of the elite when they yeah, played, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's sure. just so hard to get there. And, and yes. breaking. It is very hard breaking. to get to the major leagues. And I'm sitting here at this tournament. I'm looking around. I'm like, you know what? There's no one that played at this park last year, this year, or next year that's ever going to make it. But we're pushing these kids like, by God, if you, if you hit this ball hard enough today, hey, Snicker's going to see you. He's calling you up. And we're coaching the games like if I coach Chicago Cubs manager Brian Snicker. I mean, we're arguing calls. Drew, our guy, greatest. He's he's chill. But there are coaches out there calling my favorite. I wish Ronnie was on here. He's gonna laugh. Like my favorite is like we had this guy. We coached against this guy that had wristbands, right? And so he'd be instead of giving signals, he would go wristband eighty four. So the kids got to step out of the box. He looks looks at wristband eighty four. Mind you, it's a three zero count. Okay. And wristband 84. So he steps out of the box, looks at wristband 84, gets in there and takes. Hey, what's wristband 84 say? Take. Like, come on, man. Yeah, come on. Just, like, just like, say, hey. hey. it's first and third. You're, you're 14, you're 13 years old. It's first and third. Guess what's going to happen on the first pitch? He's stealing second. He's stealing second base. You don't have to go, time, wristband 14. Wristband 14. Stops the game. Everybody looks at wristband 14 for the guy to steal second yeah, base. Yeah, come on. Like, come on, man. Come on. And so that bothers me. And his then, wife should leave him. Yeah. Well, so she's not getting any attention at all. Uh, Ronnie brought this up last time about the only time I've ever got into it. I think the only time I've got into it with other coach, cause I have no patience for that stuff is uh, we were playing a tournament last year and a it was tie game. It was a championship game. Their guy hits a, we're in extra innings and uh, we were the, we actually scored like five in the top or whatever. So we just had to keep him from scoring five runs. They had, like, first and second with no outs. The guy hits a ground ball between short and third. Well, it hits their runner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. He's out. Yeah, by the rules. By the rules of baseball, yeah. like, since the beginning of time. He's out, and the runners advance. And- this dude comes unglued, the other coach, saying that's the Jackie Robinson rule, that you can kick a ball anywhere you want to, but you're not out. And I'm like. Wait, what? That, 
that's what my response was. Damn near had this umpire talked into it. And I had to go, I had to, like, I don't like talking to officials. I mean, umpires. I mean, dude, they got hard enough job. They're not trying to screw anybody. Just, you're playing 14-year-old baseball. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Carson has started refereeing OPC soccer games. And as he leaves, I'm like, hey, who you got tonight? <laughs> and he's like, uh, Bulldogs and the, and, the, uh, and, and the Cardinals. And I'm like, hey, screw the Cardinals. Get them. <laughs> and he goes, you sure? I'm like, absolutely. And he does. He goes and, like, the Cardinals will score goals, and he'll say offsides. And they, they, it's unbelievable. I so said, you're wrong. Officials are absolutely out to get little league teams. <laughs> so I'm just sitting here and I'm like, what are we doing? Like He's thrown so many seven-year-old soccer games already in like three weeks. But I can't tell you how many I'll overhear parents talking about, hey, I need to get, you know, little Johnny little lessons. We're going to get him specialized and do this and that. And look, and if you're a parent of a young kid, I'm just going to say this. as, And because they're trying to get them scholarships and all that stuff. It's not happening at seven. My advice, I'm being dead serious, my professional advice, if you have a kid that's playing, don't be in a hurry to specialize kids in sports. I think it's one of the worst things that's happened in our society. It's awful. Um, it's awful. Let them play other things and enjoy it because the burnout rate, just like anything, you don't, you don't ever understand what a kid's going to be good at early in age. Like, you can have, especially in baseball, you can have the kid that's already six foot tall as a sixth grader and go out there and throw 77 miles an hour, okay? And he's going to throw 77 miles an hour, and he's going to strike out everybody. Well, you don't have Nolan Ryan there. You just got somebody hit testosterone a little early. Mm-hmm. It'll eventually catch up. And I always do this. You've heard me tell you this, and I think you're going to laugh. As when I was coaching at St. Paul's, and then I left and I went to college, and they'd be like, yeah, you were the coach at St. Paul's to recruit all those kids. I said, yeah. They said, oh, you got Mark Barron, A.J. McCarron, you got all those guys. And I said, yeah, but what about Aaron Lerner? And they said, what do you mean? I said, at, at sixth grade, because we were allowed to bring kids in in sixth grade, Aaron Lerner in sixth grade was five foot 11, a 200-pound tackle, and was beaten, I mean, just dominating up front. The day he graduated, he was five foot 11, 200-pound <laughs> offensive lineman, couldn't play. Yeah. And so you never know. And so I'll always say, um, oh, there's Drew. Um, <laughs> Drew said, after an awful weekend, I wasn't sure where you were going when this topic came up. Thought I was about to get fired on the air. <laughs> no, Drew, they do I mean, a great job. <laughs> get better. Win, win the damn game, Drew. Let's go, Drew. What are we doing? Yeah. I, no, I felt for it. it get, felt- off, get off the chat and go fix your <laughs> baseball team. <laughs> hey. Have some pride. You want to tell you what's really funny is when I don't, I could care less. And so when they do like run on first and second, the hard ground ball, third base, and the kid doesn't know what to do with the ball and everybody's yelling. I mean, everybody step on third and the kid just freezes, you know, Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I think it's funny to watch other people's reactions. But anyway, um, just don't specialize your kids at an early age. And I mean, Drew knows this. My, my kid's playing soccer. He's playing baseball. He's playing football. He's playing basketball. Hell's a lot of them are at the same time. He had a soccer game yesterday. He's playing baseball. Just let them enjoy having a good time. And there's plenty of time to be, be specialized. Plenty kid. of time. And it's, it's in well, high school is where it's getting jacked up. It's happening before high school, but it, it, it used but to it's, not, it's, but it is. Parents are doing it before high school. You're using the right word when you call travel baseball a racket. Yep. It's it's a racket. It's a money-making racket, and it's never going back. It is what it is. But it's asinine. 
what's happening to the kids. Yeah, just it, let them have fun. I'm man. just, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not gonna go more than that because there, why not? There are people, <laughs> there are people out there. Are ask, they? Ask me how I know. How do you know, Neil? Who, <laughs> who? There are people out there who just. This is a sore topic. You can't, <laughs> you can't criticize any aspect of travel baseball. You can't do it. You call anybody a redneck today? If the shoe fits. <laughs> That made my just for the record that made my day. If, but if the shoe fits, if the shoe fits, wear it. All right. And when you're out there trying to win the 12 year old Senatobia <laughs> tournament title, you just might be a redneck. Yeah. So I had last year we had some new kids come on our team. The, that same tournament that we had the Jackie Robinson rule tried to be called on me. I've never heard that. Since, I don't, <laughs> Jackie that's Robinson literally what he rule. called it. What in the like, world? I wish Ronnie was listening. Ronnie would validate this because I was. I'm chill. I'm on the bucket. I never get up. Did Jackie Robinson kick a ball? Apparently, I've never heard this. Because I when you think about Jackie Robinson beyond him breaking the the color barrier, what you really think about is his most famous play was stealing home. Yeah, I, I, dude. I'm. That's way before me. Uh, triple mask here. That's your buddy. Uh, I just said that because he is, uh, um, yeah, he says I don't, he can confirm. I don't complain to, to officials. Um, but here's the deal is we talk about arm problems, right? Yeah. I'm the worst. I'm going to probably have a decision to make with my, with the one I got now, but with Brock, I, I've probably heard him a little bit doing this, but I'm so paranoid about arm problems with my kids. Like I don't like them pitching and you see, I'm very good with pitchers. Um, Ronnie's good with pitchers. Rodney's good. Our staff really good with pitchers. I'm not going to ruin a kid because we're trying to win a game. And I think where the arm problems have come into come into aspect is really with the change of the game. Like pitch counts used to never matter, right? What, and but what's happened is it's it, not even just the pitch count too. It's, it's, it's how we're throwing now, right? Yeah, it's it's full effort throwing at all times, and it's everything. Like it's everything out of the same arm slot. Okay, so. You're trying to throw everything uh, out of the exact same arm slot. Tunneling. And so when you go and you try to torque at this arm angle instead of out here, it, it's going. It puts pressure on your UCL. And it's like you said, it's full and it's overuse. Like well, there's kids throwing year round. Like I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like my kids throwing it all in all season. Uh, my personal kids. Um, but I mean, dude, I didn't. I threw different arm slots too. So. But I, I mean, I threw 128 pitches in a game and didn't even and pitched two days later. I mean, it, the difference is is that you don't the the way you pitch has changed. Everybody's going into uh, spin rate and all this stuff, right? And it's gotten so scientific. Well, you can do that, but when the more spin you put on the ball, the more torque you're putting on your elbow. So I just I'm not a big, you know. And they've gotten a lot better with Tommy John surgery too. But it's just almost like how many pitchers do we have to see? Like, there's got to be a a limit. I mean, we're blowing kids' arms out quick now. Well, it's like you watch the SEC um, baseball, and people are talking about who, who's going to who's the best. I'm like, well, I mean, I'll, I'll bring up the topic that nobody really wants to talk about. How many of the guys pitching for fill in the blank SEC school right now today on March the 25th are still going to be pitching on May the 25th? That's accurate. Because because somebody's going to get hurt, and that's going to end up impacting a. A deal. Yeah. It just is. And, and But you're right. I mean, look, you t you mentioned Cal Ripken earlier. That's my guy. 
Cal Ripken was asked about travel baseball and stuff, and I mean he was he was diplomatic, but he pointed out that when he was a kid, he played he played baseball in baseball season. He played basketball. He played soccer. He played other stuff. And it was good. Yeah, it's, it helps with coordination too. Your if if little Johnny, if little Johnny's good enough to get to the major leagues, he'll get there. He he's he's not going to get there because the Oxford Orioles developed him. He's not. He's, <laughs> Sorry, Drew. Yeah, I mean, clearly, <laughs> clearly. But he's going to get there because his talent just. Yeah, and I'll say this too: the best baseball player I've ever seen with my own two eyes. I mean, like, dude. I mean, it was just different than everybody else. He was so much better than everybody else. It was just stupid. It was Destin Hood. And you know what? He got drafted early. Like, got oh, three, I remember that th- kid. Yeah. He was yeah. the best football player I've ever coached, by the way. Ever. Um, but he got drafted in the supplemental round or whatever, mm-hmm. between one and two, by the Washington Nationals. Got $3.2 million. Got a million up front and $2.2 million other, uh, to come back. He got whatever it was every five years. So he wouldn't go play football. He dude, ended up playing football, didn't he? No, he went to the Nationals. Okay. Okay. When this dude hit the baseball – like, I'm talking about every shot that he hit the baseball. Every time he hit it, it went over the lights in 6A baseball. Boom, boom, boom. And it was unbelievable. And that's why he got drafted, right? And he did. He went to the minor leagues. He won the minor league. Every year he was there, he won the um, home run derby in the minor leagues. Best best guy I've ever seen. Guess what? He played like 140 games in major leagues. He got called up at the end of the year one year, started the next year with the team, and then got sent back. And every, He literally played – not even a full season of games in the major leagues. Best guy I've ever seen. Like, it's just, I never got to see Austin. I mean, I'm sure people have seen Austin Riley, but just how good those dudes are, it's different. Yes. We've been brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call our friends at Southern, 662-429-4429. All right, before we finish this up with basketball, I just I, we don't need to talk about it, but I just had to say something because it was I told you before it's the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. As y'all know, I'm a big NASCAR guy. Um, this past weekend, they were racing in Atlanta, and they've turned Atlanta into a restrictor plate race, which is similar to uh, Daytona and Talladega, just not enough space. More similar probably to Daytona. So uh, I told Neil this before the show. Uh, Josh Williams is an Xfinity driver, which is the Saturday, the crew that races on Saturdays. Um, he had a wreck, had to put uh, tape on his car, and it, and it came off in the next caution. Well, there was like a rule of NASCAR that if you stuff comes off, you have to park your car. Well, he's pissed about it. The NASCAR officials get on the headset and say, hey, you got to park your car. You're out of the race. What they meant to tell him, what they, that terminology means, you have to go to the garage, you're out of the race. He knew that. He knew that. He did not agree with that. And so my man, Josh Williams, who is a lower-end driver that's just trying to make a living, literally parked his car on the start-finish line in the middle of the race. I thought that was the greatest, funniest thing. He gets out of his car and just starts walking all the way. And it's you know, a huge track. So he just walks for like five minutes back. And they were going to interview him, and NASCAR made him go to the hauler. So he gets suspended for a week. He doesn't get to race this week. Uh, he got suspended, but for him literally parking the car to start finish line, I thought that was that was uh, very funny. So y'all should go back and watch that. Hey, real quick, a uh, little little breaking news uh, involving okay. our Bengals. Uh, John Williams? No. Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott has narrowed down his options about where to play to the Eagles, Jets, and Bengals. 
wants to make his decision by uh, by next by next week. Well, that we literally talked about last week or last episode about they need to address the running back. That would be um, a good fit, especially what they do offensively. They're downhill. You know, he's a very similar um, runner. Uh, that's that would that would fit. That'll make a lot of sense. Yeah, he makes a ton of sense. So anyway, I'd actually be excited for that. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about uh, tonight. We got the Sweet 16. We're kicking it off with Michigan State and Kansas State tonight. Michigan State is a one point favorite. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you feel about that game? I feel like I'm the I'm in the outsiders on this game for some uh, reason. I can't decide. I kind of go back and forth on this one. I think it's going to be a really really good game. Um, it's it's two really good coaches, including one who's an absolute legend in the tournament. I do think. Kansas State is a slightly better team, but it could go either way. Should be a great game. I feel like I'm in a minority here because I I think Kansas State rolls. Yeah, I just it's. I know I'm in the minority, but like I don't, for what this is not a hard game for like I'm betting this game. Yeah, it's just Tom, I have a really good Tom feeling. Tom Izzo in March. Yeah, I mean I get it, but he he gets it too. That's the thing. <laughs> it's 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 Tom Izzo in March. I'm taking money line on Kansas State on this game. Um. I've already bet it. It was at plus one ten. Now it's at minus one oh five. So the money's late money's coming in on Kansas State. But I don't even feel like this is a I don't know. Guess I'm wrong. Starts at five thirty, by the way. That's first game on. Then we got uh the fighting Neil McCrady's. Yep. The Arkansas call your hogs, you wanna call them? Um yeah. Uh ooh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> clip that. <laughs> clip that, yeah, Cole. Oh, oh, it's gonna get <laughs> oh, clip that, Cole. All right, the Fighting Neil McCready's, the Arkansas Razorbacks, are four-point underdogs yep. against UConn. Yep. What, what are you at there, Fighting uh, McCready's? I think I'm UConn minus the four. I think, um, I think I'm laying the four points. Uh, Arkansas, it, it, I said this earlier, it kind of depends on how the game gets officiated. Agree. Um, if they let the game get physical uh i like the hogs. hogs i like yeah. the hogs um arkansas has got to get downhill they've got to defend the perimeter really well and they have lately and they defended the perimeter really well against kansas and they got to do it again against uconn now here's the thing about uconn uconn's kind of turnover prone and so if the game gets if the officials sloppy. let the game get sloppy and it becomes a transition game UConn's not going to out-athlete Arkansas the way that they out-athlete a lot of teams. And it could get kind of interesting, but at the end of the day, I kind of like UConn by like five points. Um, I have, as I've said on here for three weeks, and I'm going to knock on wood, so hopefully we survive again tonight. I have three win bets in. All three of my teams are still in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So I have a win bet on UConn, win bet on Texas, and a win bet on Alabama. Those are my three that I have a win bet on. Shape. So I got, I got those three uh, win bets on. So... Hopefully they just I would like all three of those to get to the final four, so I'd increase my chances. Um, but anyway, I like UConn in this game. I'm worried about the points a little bit. Uh, but UConn's playing hot right now, but I agree with you. I think Arkansas is gonna have to shoot the ball well at the perimeter today, tonight. And that's not what they do. And that's well. not what they do. Now but if here's they do what, it. Something they've done here lately is that they've actually shot free throws well. And people go, Well, big damn deal. Had they shot free throws well this year, they had a totally different Yeah. Uh you know, they they were abysmal at the free throw line in in some big games they were really good last week against uh illinois and 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 kansas at the line so and yes i'm cheering for arkansas tonight my 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 
My <laughs> girls are for it. It's a big game for them, and so I hope that I hope that Arkansas wins for my kids. If that's a sin, then shoot me. Yeah, you'll be all right. Yeah. Nobody cares. On this show, nobody cares. All right, so then we got, as you can see, I'm sporting them tonight. Yeah. Got them, FAU and Tennessee. Yeah, go Vols. Tennessee is a five-point favorite over FAU. Yeah. Guess what, Neil? It's not enough. It's not enough. I agree with you. I think this is a double-digit game. Um, I don't know that I go there. I, I, I think I think we have to start talking about Conference USA a little bit. Um, they have two teams. They got one is one bid league, and the one bid is in the Sweet Sixteen. And they had the next two teams, uh, North Texas and UAB, are both in the NIT yeah. Final Four. Um, but Tennessee is going to play a brand of basketball that they don't see much. They're going to physically get after them, and Tennessee is. Um, strong, but I don't know I, I, if you tell me it's an eight point game, I buy it. If you tell me it's a 15, 16 point game, I'm like, Ooh, I, I'm, I'm really surprised. I, I think we have to give, we have to start a- acknowledging that FAU must be pretty good. I do. I just think you're going, they're going to see a different brand of heat this week too. Cause they kind of had an easy road to get there. Um, they had to beat Memphis, but okay. A lot easier road to most. Sure. And then Fairleigh Dickinson, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and then last game, I won't get your opinion on one more thing before we get out of here, but I want I want to go over Friday's games. But <clears throat> Gonzaga UCLA, I'm locked into this one. Uh, I like I like Gonzaga. I think I do um, too, but I'm locked into this one. If okay. UCLA answers the bell on this one, this is the game that I've been waiting for because of their injuries, dude. If UCLA finds out a way to win tonight, heads up, heads up. See, I think whoever wins the UConn Arkansas game is going to the Final Four. Oh, I, I, I'm with you, but I'm just saying, like, I gave UCLA no chance in this game because of their injuries. Yeah. And the matchups. Yeah. All right. Timmy should have 38 points tonight. But can Timmy guard anybody? We're going to find out. Yeah. But uh, this is the game I'm locked into. Um, and last thing, I'm not going to go over Friday's games because I actually want to get your opinion on this. A lot of talk this week about the NCAA basketball tournament expanding because of the legislation that came through that said that 25% of teams need to make a postseason play in the tournament. What's your what's what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's stupid. They would that would put 25. They have 17% in right now. 25% would put them around 90 teams. So you're adding around. I mean, or half around. We'd all end up being fine with it. It, I'm not going to be like, oh, this ruins the sport. No, it doesn't. It's just it, the tournament's good. We all love the tournament. We all love brackets. We'd all love a new bracket. But this works. And here's the thing. It works. And when you look at it and you watch it, it works. It's three weekends. It works. You get the, you get the play-in games. They, and I like the play-in games. You know, like the Mississippi yeah. State pit game was a really good game. You, you, they, and they get a... They always do a couple of the 16s on, on that night where those teams that would never get exposure get exposure, which is great, right? The kids mm-hmm. get to play on national television. It's awesome. And then you start the tournament on Thursday with 64 teams, and you get it to 16, and then you get it to four, and then you get it to one. And right. I like it. It works. Why change it? But if they decide that they have to, now here's the only problem with it, is if you do that, what you're doing to college basketball in the month of February is making it more irrelevant. Is making it even more irrelevant because you do have to achieve something. 
right to get to the tournament you can't just be a dog team like you 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 watch like Mississippi State down the stretch this year. It mattered, right? Yeah. Had if you expand the ninety, they're in. And so now the teams that we're watching are like, well, they're seven and eleven in their league. You're watching you're watching Florida versus Vanderbilt really close. Yeah. And and I don't that's not I don't think that's the point, right? Yeah. And so I I, I don't I don't I hope they don't do it. I suspect that we're on our way to seeing it. Um, but I hope not. Like, and if you do that in, in basketball, you have to do it in baseball too. You got to expand yep. the baseball tournament to ninety teams. There aren't ninety teams. So, the only I'm one hundred percent in agreement with you. By the way, yeah, I'm afraid it's going to happen in some stretch or imagination. It may not go to ninety, but I think they will expand it because this is their money maker. The tournament's well, it, their well, money maker. It is that for sure. And they saw Dayton was packed first time, like. Best attendance in a first four ever, I think. Um, Dayton was packed. I've told people I've covered Dayton before, and it was shockingly awesome environment. And I think they will do it money wise. But here's what you got, and this is, and it goes to you know football. And it's like I try to tell people this all the time. When it comes to playoffs, and there was this big argument about going from four to twelve, right? Mm-hmm. Where do we go four twelve? It's always going to expand. It's always going to expand. Mm-hmm. It used to be forever. We didn't have one. And then you had the BCS championship game was two teams. Yep. Hey, you know what? Then teams three and four started bitching. Oh, it's going to go from 12. Then it goes to four. It's going to go from 12 to 16 fast. It's going to go to 12 to 16 fast. And like FCS, football championship series, forever in a gazillion years was 16 teams. And then all of a sudden, 16 to 20, 2024. And it's just going to continue to mm-hmm. expand because they see the money in it. Now, the difference between football and 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 football is in a unique position. What's different than football than baseball, football and basketball is we got this thing in the FBS, and that's why it's called the FBS, called bowl games. It's the only sport that we have that when you go play the first round of basketball, we're we're playing on in it, you know, Nashville, Dayton, we're playing in Atlanta, wherever. We're not playing at the Atlanta first round championship game. You know, it's not right. That's a business. Those people are very influential people that run those bowl games. Of course. And they got political and NCAA pull. And so they're trying to survive. And that's why they want playoffs to happen in the bowl games so they can make money. Of course. That's what it's all driven by. But at the end of the day, 12 is kind of sneaky. You can still get away with 12. You start going to 16. I think you can get away with 16. And then after that, it's Katie bar the door. Yeah. And then, you know. but at the, the problem end, with the bowls we we can do this another yeah. day. The problem with the bowls is, let's say you go to a 16-team tournament. This is mean you have 15 games. Yeah. Okay. So, it's 15 bowl games could have a, a game. And so, on paper, you're like, well, let's do it. It makes perfect sense. What about the fans of the two teams that go to four games? That's not realistic. Is it, it, it's, it's, at some point, you have you, and they don't. But at some point, you do have to think about the fans. Yep. You have to think. Well, about, that's how they're going to be making their money too. You have to think about the families. You have to think about just a lot of stuff. I, I love the idea that they're doing now of the first round games being on campus. I think it's great. I think it's going to be super cool, right, to see a a playoff game in East Lansing. Yeah. 
a playoff game in Oxford or a playoff game in Baton Rouge. I mean, I, I think that's cool. Yep. Um, but you're right. And when people go, oh, just screw the Bulls. The Bulls are right. They are really influential. They, they, not all of them, but a lot of them. And ESPN wants the Bulls. And so I, I we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be, be interesting to get, see how it advances. We get one more year of the way it's been. And then we go into change and, Change is going to be good, and change is going to be chaotic, and change is going to uh, rattle some cages. Yep, it's going to be fun. That's all I got, boss. All right. Well, enjoy the games uh, tonight. I will. Uh, I will. Um, I'm getting out my Razorback gear here in just a minute. Just put it all on. You got? Do you have the? I'm going to buy you because I don't think. Do you have one of those hog hats? I do not. Uh, can I buy you one? You wear on the show one day. <sighs> It would be funny for people like you and me. I, there are people who get really triggered. Sensitive. They get really triggered by all of it. It's the most bizarre. What if we like? What if we did this? What if we got you a uh, like just gear of all your uh, supposed fandoms? So yeah. we get you some Arkansas gear, and you can call the Hogs one day. We'll yeah. get you an Auburn. We'll call Hugh. Get you an Auburn deal. Yeah. Get you get you some Auburn gear, and you can just you can bring them all back. You can just bring them all back. I think I think I'm more hated at Auburn today than I am anywhere else, which is interesting. They still talk shit. There, it's there was yeah there was damage done apparently. <laughs> I mean I yeah I'm I'm not I'm not popular there. I get like notifications that someone sent me a message or something, and they don't like you. The messages are Again, the, the messages a, are negative. I'm a, I'm an Auburn guy deep down. I know you are. And War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. Bye together. War Eagle. <laughs> and, but, you know, hey, everybody, everybody's got Did you have a good dinner tonight? War Eagle. War Eagle. You know, we had... Uh, what are you having for dinner tonight? War Eagle. I've told you about RTA, right? Roll Tide Anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> roll Tide. 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 Then you had... Um, didn't do the... Didn't get at Ole Miss. Didn't get a lot of, like, when you met somebody, they didn't go hotty toddy Mm-mm. as much. The song, singing the song, still makes me uncomfortable, by the way. Like the Are You Ready? Oh, yeah. Like in, in, in. You said with the hotty toddy, gosh almighty, all yeah. that stuff. First yeah. of all, I love the song, but I think there's a time and a place for it. It's really just a chant, though, isn't it's it? It's a chant. I guess okay. it's not a song. It's not a chant. Song, yeah. There's a, like coming out before the game uh-huh. with a guy on the big screen and sit. Oh, dude, that's, that's good shit. Yeah. But like at press conferences, when you introduce the head coach and stuff, that just makes me cringe yeah that's yeah it was kind of cringy a little cringy thing but before games it's awesome like there's a time and place for it kind of deal and it's the same same well it's like when they do the war eagle when the when the eagles awesome yeah but when you're on like a college visit and this happened with with my daughter it's 100 degrees outside yeah and you're just walking around and the guy that's doing the the tour everyone that he sees he's like hey war eagle not even hey war eagle it's just war eagle and they go, War Eagle. And we got in the car, and my daughter's like, what is that? It's constant. I mean, one of the things, I mean, on her visit to Arkansas, no one walked up to anybody and went, hey, Woo Pig. No, Woo Pig to you. Well, is that woo- what they say, Woo Pig? That's their thing, like Woo Pig. But, yeah. like, they don't do it. It's it's different. Yeah. It's just different. And I'm I'm not saying one's better or worse. One is kind of cultish. But um, <laughs> it's just different. But like when I was watching the Jimbo, but you're right. You don't walk around kids. People don't walk around on the Ole Miss campus, or at least they don't when I'm there going, Hey, hotty, toddy, hotty, toddy, hotty, toddy, hotty, toddy. It's dumb. 
Like the one that bothers me. You could just say hello. Is how, I, how you doing? I was watching the Jimbo press conference, and he's getting all these tough questions, right? Right. And it gets down to the and the you know, next question, and the reporter goes, "Howdy, coach." Oh, like God. right then, you know, he's trying to tell the head coach that, "Hey, I'm for you, so give I'm me a an, good answer." I'm, I'm a an good A&M guy. M guy. Like, there's a time and a place for that Kick stuff. Him. Like, I'm all like that stuff doesn't bother me, but it's like everywhere I've been, like from Alabama to Auburn to Ole Miss, there's a time and a place for that stuff, and sometimes it gets a little yeah, – yeah. makes me want to take a shower. A and M's one of those deals. I mean, the on the, the, the class ring thing and all that, that's just – Well, everybody's got their deal. It's just, you know, I mean, I could, we, can, we can pick out some cult stuff at every place. At every place. Every place. I'm trying that, to think. Not at ULM. <laughs> Water <You> skis. Can, <laughs> I mean, at ULM, there's nothing. I mean, I'm telling you, there's nothing. <laughs> but, I, I mean, most of the people there are like, oh, whatever. Like, I got anxiety at South Alabama, right? I, I had, to this day, I, and maybe it's just me. I don't get anxiety about anything, but there are, these things give me anxiety. It's because you go place to place to place to place to place, and then, like. What was the had, thing at South Alabama so that did it? So, you had to, after after every game, you go and you sing the, uh, fight, the alma mater with the band. Okay. Okay? And you have to. They call throw your J's up. Mm. Okay. So I always went the wrong hand because in my, I would go like this. Okay. Because it looks like a J to me, but that's really an L looks to like you. An L to me. So you have to go opposite. And I was always confused on what hand to throw up and it never failed. Cause there's always going to be pictures of it. It never failed. They'd show a picture of it. And half the people got L's up instead of J's. That gave me anxiety. Cause I was like, I don't want my guys to be the one. Cause somebody would say something to you about it. Right. Okay. AD or somebody. Right. And then like at Arkansas state, they'd been the Indians forever. Yeah. And I go back and I'm coaching their first game at Red Wolves and they try to do this whole wolves thing. And I'm like, I don't know what hand well, I felt like, I like TCU does the thing with the hand or whatever. I'm like the this frog or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I can't do that. Like, I'm so confused because I don't know what I feel like uh, Will Ferrell and, and Ricky Bobby. I'm like, what do I do with my hands? I don't know yeah. what to do with my hands. I get it. It just, it drives me. Nuts, I honestly man. believe I, I really do. Cause Campbell took a visit to Louisiana tech and they had some weird thing with the hand and she did the Auburn thing. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm literally convinced that one of the reasons she picked Arkansas is because they didn't do any of that stuff. It was just a normal. Yeah, it makes it just gives it was you just anxiety. a normal thing. You feel like you're supposed to know, and you and you like, and especially if you're a coach, man. You you know you're supposed to know everything. Dude, I just yeah. got here two weeks ago. I don't know anything. But anyway, let's finish this thing. Up. All right. Thanks to everybody for being part of the show. Appreciate you. We will be back on Monday. We'll uh, recap the uh, Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight, um, all that stuff. Throw your Jays. Until then, have a great weekend. Jays up for Tyler. I'm Neil. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.